intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. Coming to you live from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, she's a podcaster as well and an actress, Elizabeth Donaldson. Elizabeth, I know Hello. we've been talking, <laughs> we've been talking for a little bit, and I apologize for that, but um, now okay, we're <laughs> we're officially underway. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What is going on? You know, I'm just wearing my furry jacket and I'm um, drinking coffee out of my reputation is made in a moment. Characters built in a lifetime mug. Wow. And um, <laughs> You said that all in one mouthful. Ready for the week. Monday's kind of like my Saturday, so. Oh, really? Oh, also, oh, really? So, like, Mondays is more your chill day, your relaxed day, your hangout day, almost? Yeah, I mean, it never ends up being, so my life is, is I wouldn't exactly call my life relaxing or chill, but it, I I volunteer on the weekends, um, so the weekends are usually, a lot of times on the weekends, I'll be going from 9 in the morning, you know, and then I'll volunteer during the day, and then a lot of times there's an event or, you know, times, opportunities to see my friends and stuff at night, and then that goes, so the weekend I'll go from 9 in the morning until like 10 o'clock at night, and then wake up and do it all over again, 9 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. Yesterday I had, I came home, I was so tired, and um, I had my friend's friend had won an oscar um the short film period end of sentence um so we all had a party at her house and watched that and then just talked like a bunch of film geeks about the, <laughs> about the film and then watched this other documentary called oh my god so good there's this documentary called minding the gap which i highly recommend to anyone so it was about midnight by the time we started minding the gap oh, yeah. and I was like, oh, I need to go to bed early. I have to, you know, be up so early tomorrow. But I started watching this documentary and it was so good that I just ended up watching the whole thing. And then we chatted for another hour after that. So needless to say, I didn't get a lot of sleep, yeah. volunteered all day, and then had to come home and do an audition. <laughs> so I had to come home, wash my hair, do my hair and makeup, and go down to my little studio space and say hi my name's elizabeth and i'm with the block agency so, but monday so yeah i'm usually pretty devastated physically after the weekends because they just tend to be super busy i had a photo shoot this weekend too so it was a lot but um then i on mondays i usually you know do some laundry get together my makeup battle plan for the week and things of that nature do some organizing it's still very busy i mean today i have this and then i'm also i have this youtube on my YouTube channel, I started a new, like, segment show with my friend, and we have these characters called Charisse and Maud, mm -hmm. and they're, like, these old um, New Jersey broads who live somewhere in the Midwest, and they wear um, silk <laughs> polyester jumpsuits always, so we do that every single Monday. We shoot an episode of that, oh. so I'm excited. She's coming over at 2, and we're going to lay that down. Oh, so, What's the name of the YouTube show? Um, it's called Charisse and Maud. Charisse and Maud. My, okay. My YouTube channel is just my name. It's just Elizabeth Donaldson, Elizabeth with an S. But I'm going to be putting. I have all these characters, just a lot of characters that live inside of me. So I'm going to be just utilizing it. My whole objective is to just put up more content in every single space um, and create more things all the time. So YouTube is just going to be the space where a lot of my different projects live. Oh. Was, was acting always like a passion for you, even when you was younger? Like, was that always oh, something man. you was doing? Always. 
being a little kid, like I used to make movies when I was a little kid. As early as I can possibly remember, I would have my Barbies. I think when I was in fourth grade, fifth grade, I was super obsessed with Little House on the Prairie. And (laughs) uh, No, it wasn't fifth grade. I think it was like third and fourth grade. I was super obsessed with Little House on the Prairie. And I would build, I turned my parents' kitchen counter into a set. And I built these cabins out of Lincoln Logs and then used tin foil to make um, streams so that I could pour water and I went to the backyard and put like grass and dirt to create, you know, I basically built a whole entire set on my kitchen counter <laughs> and had my Barbies. We had this really cool camera that I could do stop motion um, animation with. And they don't really, nowadays, most cameras, when you press the button, it goes like blink, 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 and then it starts recording. It gives you a warning that it's going to record and then it records. But this camera was very old. It was sort of archaic. And so when you press the button, it would immediately start recording. And when you press the button again, it would immediately stop recording, which Mm. was amazing for the purpose of stop motion photography. And as a kid, it was super easy for me to use. I could just press the button, take a little bit of footage, and then move the Barbies. And so I was literally making a whole entire movies with my Barbies that were these cartoons. And I would use the bulletin board and put clay on the wall. And I made all these movies. Which really, really, really tragically are gone because I had oh. everything on a tape. Wow. And then my our house got robbed and the video camera got stolen. And then I never could make that sort of content again. It's funny that I call it content now. And then my sister recorded over all of my projects with an yeah. after school special. Oh my god. And I was so mad. But yeah, so I was but the but I was always into doing plays and doing skits. I remember being four years old and creating little, you know, things to show my parents. I was always very artistic in every single way. I even remember being five years old and we lived in Eureka at the time in California, like upper Northern California. And I would always draw pictures out of my books. I was just always sort of from the time I was very, very young from literally as early as I can remember, I was always sort of feverishly, creating art all the time, which nothing has changed. (laughs) So so I'm always, it's interesting. I mean, it's a funny thing. And I, I wonder, I think that a lot of artists feel this way, but it's an interesting thing to sort of have because I've definitely observed it's, I like have to be making art. Like I get, are you familiar with Gary Vee? No, I'm not. Oh my God. Oh, I'm going to like, Gary Vanderchuk is like the most awesome guy. He's a business owner. He's some people call him motivational, but I don't, I just think he's an intelligent person who creates a lot of content and he has all sorts of content about, um, you know, the internet and, uh, making your dream, your reality and how to utilize social media to promote yourself and blah, 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 blah. He's just, he's really brilliant. And also brilliant in terms of his, like, consistency and simplicity. And he's just a kind person. Definitely, I listen to his podcast, like, every day. He's really, really, really amazing um, individual. And he talks about the concept of when you have something that you love so much that it's like you can't breathe if you don't do it. Like, you mm-hmm. just can't, you know, he's like, if you can't breathe, if your passion, he's an entrepreneur, so he was obsessed with selling things and business cards and hustling in the neighborhood and shoveling snow ever since the age 
like ever since he can remember. And he didn't get good grades in school because he was just so obsessed with selling things and going to sell the baseball cards. And he talks about that concept. And with me, it was very similar. You know, I was as young as I can remember, I was in every single school play. When I was in fourth grade, I wrote, I wrote and directed a musical for my school, which we do have that. Yeah. And I was just obsessed. I just couldn't, it was like I had to. And even now in my life, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's amazing, but it can also be interesting because I can't, it's just what I have to be doing. I can't focus on other things. It's hard for me to be, because my mind is always just like filling up with all these ideas. And it's almost like, I feel like I have to, you know, just get them out all the time because it just gets overloaded. Like no matter what I'm doing, I have all sorts of crazy ideas coming into my head. So luckily I've been able to turn that into a professional (laughs) career. (laughs) And I think just out of sheer necessity, because I don't know any time in my life that I've ever attempted to do anything sensible, I just sort of get, it gets suffocated by the fact that I can't stop imagining or I can't stop wanting to create or I'm just daydreaming all the time and I can't really like settle my mind down to be practical, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, actually, so even if you had like temp jobs, let's say doing miscellaneous things, you always have like auditions coming up or anything like that? Like would you, like you put that first instead of like the job you was working at? Oh, always. Yeah. yeah. And I've even had instances where, I mean, at this point I do, because I do a, several different things. Um, okay. I do photography and I also direct, um, mostly at the stage, like music videos. Um, and I do wardrobe styling, which is really fun. Um, and then I'm also an actress. So, and all those things I would say are sort of equal um, streams of income. Like my whole income and how I, you know, fund my life and pay my bills and eat my food and pay the car payment is all sort of funded by all those different outlets together, um, create everything. But there's been times in my life where I, you know, many years, I think I, I don't know how long I've been fully and completely, I would say like six or seven years that I've just been 100% only funding my life through art. Um, and and it's not always easy. I mean, there's times because it's, it's really, it can be really challenging to be a freelancer. I think it's, when we think of professional artists, a lot of times we think of stars, mm-hmm. you know, people who are celebrities and they have millions of dollars. And a lot of times people don't think about the whole class of artists and actors and performers who are sort of in that range where they're, you know, they're making thirty, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a year, which sure, that's like, okay, it's enough to fund a life, but it's not, you're not rich, you know, and you're yeah. sort of, it can be hand to mouth. And particularly with freelance, you can get into a situation where there's different seasons where things are fast and slow and you're always having to hustle up work. You know, mm-hmm. you are, it's not, it's not something where you get to go and clock in <laughs> and yeah. then like work a certain number of hours and get paid and clock out. You're always, it, it never ends. And yeah because you're so in control of your own schedule, that's amazing, but sometimes can be very scary as well. You know, I have weeks where I work over a hundred hours and I sleep, uh, you know, an average of four to five hours a night for 10 days in a row. Wow. And then, but then I'll have a week after that where there's no work. And mm. so I'm catching up on sleep and organizing the basement and, but also hustling to find the new thing. You know, I've, 
I book my own work, I'm my own PO, I'm my own salesperson. So a lot of how I get the work, particularly with photography and different things, is to constantly, and with acting too, you know, I keep statistics on everything and I'm constantly outflowing. It's one of the reasons why I created the YouTube channel for myself and all of that is so I can have an opportunity to just share pump out content, pump out content, pump out content so that there's more outlets to be discovered so that I can make that cheddar. Yeah, yeah, and in a way it's good too because you also hone on your skills and exactly. in your show you could play different characters and you could do different accents or whatever you want to do and yes. it's an outlet for you too as well, right? Yeah. Completely. And it's fun because you get to, it's, it's exactly that. It's almost like your own acting class that you mm-hmm. don't have to pay for. It gives you an opportunity to collaborate with other artists. That's one thing that I love so much there's so many lifelong friends that I have that I've made simply because I was collaborating Mm -hmm. and we hit it off and you know they were talented but then we became friends forever and it also creates a nice opportunity to just discover you know discover things about yourself and meet people and network and have people see you in a different light. So sometimes I feel like I'm all over the place, but I just decided to roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) Are are your friends, are your friends who are with you on the YouTube, are they as passionate as you are about your craft? I would say so. I I mean, I'm, I won't really settle for anything less. Okay. If that makes sense. Like I, I don't tend to gravitate towards people who aren't passionate (laughs) workaholics. It's true. Like, I don't even want to engage with those people. I mean, that sounds, it's not like I don't like them or I'm like, ew, like, we can't be, well, <laughs> I don't disrespect yeah. people. I respect people who have balance and I, I admire mm-hmm. many different people for many different things. But in terms of the type of speed that I prefer to be around and the type of people who I prefer to surround myself with, I would truly say that almost all of my friends are like, I mean, I don't like the term workaholic. Sometimes it's because it's a negative connotation and I don't think that it actually is. I think it's negative to be a workaholic if you are running away from problems in your life and using work to do so. But Mm -hmm. I think if you just really love working and if you find joy in your work and you find, for me, all of my friends work all the time. So one of the ways that we experience our friendship is working together, you know, um, and creating things together and producing together and doing photo shoots together. That's, those are the times where I get to know people. And then in those like rare moments where we can all get together and, you know, watch a documentary or celebrate a win, then we can also build our friendships that way too. But I just prefer to be around people who are really going, you know, even when I think about the ideal guy who I want in my life, like, I've always been like, man, I I want to date a guy who has to go on business trips. <laughs> like, not all the time. But, you know, yeah. just because I'm so, I've been so independent for so long that I don't think, I don't think I would do well with someone. I remember I, I dated a guy super briefly one time, and he, he took me on a date. I feel so bad. I mean, he he's now married to a really nice girl, and I think he's living his best life. But he took me out to dinner. And was like, I want to go on camping trips, and I want to go to the pumpkin patch. And I was like, the second he said pumpkin patch and apple cider, I was like, I'm out. Like, I want to go to the pumpkin patch. It sounds like somebody where I live at in the Midwest. That's what it sounds like, pumpkin patch and apple cider. (laughs) 
Yeah, I was just like, pumpkin patch and apple cider is like my own personal hell. Like, I literally, like, if there was a hell, if I died tomorrow and it was deemed that I was a bad person and I was going to hell, I think I would arrive in a pumpkin patch. (laughs) And like... And people would be like, let's taste apple cider. <laughs> and then I would and then I would say, um, can I like arrange these pumpkins in a way? I'm like, let's do a photo shoot with these pumpkins. And I, let's build a house out of these pumpkins. And they'd be like, honey, take a break. You should relax. You need a vacation. And I would be like, ah! Be one of those long screams that like fades into a blackout. <laughs> and then, and I would be like, I've arrived in hell. I, I don't like an overwhelm of leisure time. I like yeah. it's nice to have it when it's earned. You know, like when you've it feels really good to me if I have worked really, really, really hard and then there's a period of time where I have some time off and I can go either intentionally sleep all day or binge some sort of show as like an earned reward for very hard work. I enjoy that, but endless amounts of leisure time terrify me. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy because what it sounds like from you is like, um, you're very goal driven and you're you're following your craft and having someone right now will just, get in your way if he doesn't have that same vision you have so yeah like a person like i don't know i'm just because the way you said pumpkin patch and apple cider i'm just associated it with the midwest so it sounds like a, a guy just wanted to settle with you it was like you know he just wanted somebody to like settle down with and you're not settling down yet because you're still doing your thing right yeah, and I don't, I honestly, I don't think I'm going to settle down till like, my body drops and I'm dead, you know, yeah. like, and even then, I think I'll just be out in the world spiritually, like, ah! like, <laughs> I, I just, I don't want to ever settle down. I don't. Really? And I feel like, wow. like, to me, that's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, if I was going to, I mean, if we're in the realm of, like, dating and stuff, I wouldn't even, I don't see my life to be one that settles down. Some of my friends, some of my very best friends who are moms, who I really admire. Like I have a friend who's a fine artist and she was pregnant and, um, in London, you know, getting her art show together. And I have other friends who are, um, music video and film producers their son is four months old and he's already done more traveling in the beginning of 2019 than I did like all the previous year. Like (laughs) he's on sets. He's, and they intentionally wanted that for him because they wanted him to be highly socialized and really friendly and to have a lot of friends. And so as soon as he was old enough to, you know, be healthy because infants have a, a period of time where they can't for health purposes, they need to stay home. But as soon as he was out of that phase, they immediately started taking him everywhere. He's on sets. You know, his dad will be working on film production stuff and he's, you know, sitting at the edge and, and it gives an opportunity. I think it's really cool because the parents are very involved. Like my friend who's a fine artist and her son, when he was four months old, was also in another country doing a tour with her. She's very involved in his life and very much there and present as a mother, um, but it's just a different type of lifestyle. And I think ultimately that creates a very well-rounded child, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think there's this, I see a lot, I see many people who marriage and family becomes this 
time where you end off. It's like, okay, time to stay home and do these things and be careful and stop reaching. But I would want my children to know that their mom was always fulfilled. You know, I don't want to, I don't want my kids to have pressure. I also feel like it would create an environment where my children wouldn't, they wouldn't be pressured by me and my expectations of them Uh because I would be so fulfilled personally doing my own thing that I'm not trying to like, let me turn my kid into the star that I never was or or anything like that. Cause I really want my kids to be able to just be whoever they are. Um, so I just, I like that model for family of just the parents are hustling all the time and the kids see an example of really strong leaders and they're very loved and cared for. And it's not, you know, I think there's times to stop and take a break and times to stop and see your family. And that's very important too, but yeah, I don't want to go to the pumpkin patch. <laughs> in a way, it's it's you know every it's all subjective, like as I was saying before, and it's it's good because you know that's not what's in the cards for you as of this moment, right now. It could be exactly. later on, but as of exactly. right now, that's not in the cards for you, and you can see it yourself, right? That's not what you're driven to to you know. Yes, to, it to doesn't right get now. me excited. Like, yeah, yeah I want to. I want to build an empire with someone, but I do. I mean, the couples who I admire, I don't know if you've ever heard of Grant Cardone. Um, Grant Cardone is also this amazing sort of like mega businessman. And um, he and his wife, you know, really push one another. There's many interviews with him where he talks about how his wife will encourage him to work and, you know, push him, not pushing him in a negative way, not like in a naggy sort of way, but just, I think it's, being in a situation where you want your mate or your friend or, you know, whatever, whatever type of relationship it is, you want them to be the best that they can and you want them to experience the height of their own potential. And so I would never want, whether it's with my friends or my family or, you know, my potential mate in life, I would never want to be someone who slows them down. I would want to be someone who helps to expand them. Mm -hmm. You know, I would hope that anyone who I'm with or around or any of my friends that, because I'm around them, they would work harder and do more and become more of, you know, the best of what they are instead of me trying to slow them down so that we can go grab coffee or whatever, you know, I don't want to be that person. Have you ever had any regrets in life, Elizabeth? Um, really not. I don't believe in regret. I know that sounds funny, but I, I think, um, I think it's important to live. I think there's a couple things is that every, every bad decision that I've made, I mean, I know this sounds cliche, but it really is true for me that every bad decision that I've ever made has shaped me and made me who I was. There's also the exceptionally bad decisions are things that I've learned really, really powerful lessons from, Mm -hmm. um, that I feel like, I'm so thankful to have those lessons. And sometimes I feel like with certain lessons that are very difficult, there's no other way you could have learned that lesson other than to fall on your ass and fail or make a really bad mistake. Um, So I don't, and even, I mean, the only thing that I would ever, again, this isn't a regret because I don't, I don't actually regret it. But Mm -hmm. when I was younger, um, I partied a lot. I did a lot of drugs and I wasn't like, I wouldn't say that I was an addict because I never was, but I certainly, the first time I ever smoked weed, I was 12. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And by the, t- I know, which is super young. Um, <laughs> yeah. And by the time I was like 16, 
I was smoking pot almost every single day and I was going to raves and very highly experimental. Like I remember when I was took my PSATs, I had gone to a rave the night before and I'd taken a bunch of ecstasy and I like, I don't know why my teachers didn't, it sort of makes me upset sometimes that the teachers didn't say like, Hey, like you smell like an ashtray and you have a pacifier on your neck and you, your pupils are dilated. Like what the hell is happening? Wow. And nobody ever did. Cause I got good grades. I was really, really, really smart. You know, I have a high IQ. So many times there's, information in the world that if you are having bad grades then that should be the red flag that people should look for but I was doing drugs and getting straight A's so nobody ever pulled me aside and said hey are you okay not okay I mean I don't think I did drugs because I was depressed or anything I think I just did drugs honestly because I was bored um Mm. high school wasn't really challenging me enough because I was just I was like I said I was smart enough to phone it in and come to class and not pay attention and I could be stoned and still get, you know, a really good grade. And so I just, it was almost like drugs were a way for me to challenge myself. That sounds really weird and I don't recommend that viewpoint, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and so I ended up just partying a lot and doing a lot of drugs. And I look back at that time and think if I, I mean, I did drugs, I stopped doing drugs when I was 21, ironic time to stop doing drugs, but (laughs) I feel like if I would have had, I wish that there would have been, I mean, it also the internet wasn't around then. So it was kind of a different time. I feel like maybe if Instagram existed, I don't know, maybe I would have been super stupid and done drugs and like put videos of myself online and ruined my whole life. But maybe, (laughs) maybe I would have been more entrepreneurial minded or I, I almost wish that there would have been, you know, a teacher or someone, my parents didn't know because I was hiding it from them, but, um, and my mom believed in me. I remember when I was in high school, my mom pulled me aside and she was like, you know, I think you're really talented and I think you've got something and I think you owe it to yourself to go for this, which I, I will always remember and appreciate that statement. You know, it's something that I have in my pocket and I pull it out during hard times, you know, my whole life. But yeah. um, I just wonder if I would have channeled that energy that I channeled into partying into building a career at that point or going to an art school or doing something challenging myself in a different way other than with drugs if I would have been a little further ahead mm-hmm. but that being said I because I'm you know I haven't touched a drug in 17 years and I understand drugs I understand why people do them I understand what it's like I feel like it also gives me an opportunity to speak on it you know I can talk to someone where some people some people never done a drug and they may experience someone who's doing drugs and they want to explain and communicate why that person shouldn't do drugs but if you've never done a drug if you're someone who's you know you like drugs and you have a person who you feel like they're a goody two-shoes or they don't understand you and they're trying to talk to you you're not going to really pay attention to them whereas I feel like I have a certain perspective that allows me to be a more effective communicator on the subject. And it just gives you life experience. So, you know, that's one example, but I don't regret it Yeah. because it, you know, it gives you life experience and it gives you even failures. Like I've had, I, I had an Etsy shop for a while yeah. where I was, um, sewing, I was sewing all these handmade dresses and selling them. I don't even know why it was like, I took like a hiatus from acting, not even intentionally. I just sort of accidentally was on a hiatus from acting. (laughs) And 
you know, and I think I think maybe what appealed to me about making clothes and selling them is that with acting, you're auditioning, and it feels like you can't control it. And so there was something that felt so good about being able to be in control of the art that I was creating and be able to create art without having to ask anyone's permission. Mm-hmm. And now that's what I do with YouTube and with all the different other forms that I do. But I think, so I was making these dresses and then I just failed miserably. Like I was making no money. There was like two years, probably like almost two full years of my life where I was not sleeping because I was sewing, I was trying to sell the dresses and the price is probably far lower than it should have been. I also, to be honest, I'm good at sewing, but I'm not like Versace, you know, <laughs> like, like I'm just not, I never went to school. I sew well enough to make clothes for myself, but then it's a whole nother ball game when you're trying to sell things at a professional level. And I just really failed. There was a period of time where I had several orders returned things that didn't fit right. I was making terrible mistakes. I had like a wedding dress. I had two wedding dresses. I had a wedding dress that I made that was just, I bit off way more than I could chew. I was sewing it for the fiance of a celebrity photographer. Oh I, don't, I was like, in, I mean, this, this is actually a good failure. This is a good, this isn't a regret, but this is a good failure story. <laughs> okay. Literally a celebrity photographer who'd like photographed like Dave Matthews and like, you know, a president. He photographed a freaking president. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow he had come across me and invited me to make design and make the wedding gown for his fiance. And I went to their house and sort of got carried away and like sketched out this design that was like completely and totally beyond my level of skill or understanding to make this dress. So I go about, we had all these problems of trying to find a fabric. And by the time we found the right fabric, it was like three weeks to the wedding or some sort of ridiculous thing. It was like the wedding was very, very, very close. Mm -hmm. So, and the dress had this boned collar. It was like this hardcore couture, like literally a Versace style, maybe not Versace, but you know, like very high level design that I just had absolutely no business making. Um, And so I'm sewing it and I'm not sleeping and I'm trying to figure out this design and the dress is just, it's coming together, but it's really struggling. And I knew, I think I had this sort of overemphasis when I finished it, I was like, it's done. And I think that maybe it was just a combination of the lack of sleep and (laughs) Just the delusion, maybe the relief that I'd finally finished it because I was just so happy to have finished the dress. But in my mind, I was like, this is great. But like, in all honesty, it was not great. Like the dress was a struggle bus all the way. It was, there were seams that had ripples. There was just a lot of difficulties. Who knew the girl was not my size. So I didn't even know if it fit correctly. And then a day before the wedding, she calls me and I was invited to the wedding. Mm-hmm. So a day before the wedding, she calls me and she was like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that we didn't end up using this dress. Um, wow. you know, since you're coming to the wedding, um, I just wanted you to know that you will not see me in this dress. And she was very gracious and very nice about it. Yeah. But I it was livid. <laughs> I wasn't livid. I was crushed. I oh. wept. I like hung up the phone and just like ugly cried. And I wow. think that also 
I think that then two days later, my boyfriend dumped me. So it was oh, like got a double really, whammy right there. Yeah. It was yeah. It was really 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 <laughs> bad. And then I had to go to the wedding. I mean, I guess I could have not gone to the wedding. I just. I wanted to be gracious. Like, I didn't want them to feel like I was mad because I knew, I was like, I know I fucked that wedding dress up. So, yeah. like, I'm just going to, and I and I didn't want to be rude. Although, thinking back, I really should have not gone to the wedding because it probably, I felt like it was gracious to go to the wedding. Yeah. But I think it would have been more gracious to not go to the wedding. Yeah. Like, in, in hindsight. But, whatever it's fine I mean I was I was very gracious and I was really nice and you know when you're at a wedding you're probably not thinking about the girl who like fucked up your wedding dress you're just excited to get married yeah and the thing is you know I'm sure I'm sure your plate was paid for as well so like you know if you didn't show up they probably would have been real pissed if you were in there yeah exactly I didn't want to seem bitter I just wanted to be like hey blessings to you the dress that she wore was absolutely gorgeous and I you know way better than anything I ever could have designed so it was good but that was definitely I had a couple wedding dress fails that were like quite significant and then I was at one point I had a friend call me out not even on the wedding dress failures but was just like you know like all I've ever known is that you're a dress designer but you're an actress like why the hell aren't you doing acting like why are you not telling people you're an actress and I was like why am I not telling people I'm an actress? And so then I sort of reevaluated things, decided to stop making, stop pushing on making the clothes, which is the best decision I ever made, and really sort of reinvent myself, so to speak, as an actress and push that really hard. And it's been the best decision I ever made. And then it was great because the designing lend itself to opening up a lot of doors for me as a wardrobe stylist, and which is a very fun job where I've you know, it pays well, and I've met a lot of people. It's enhanced my acting um, and also given me a lot of on-set skills that I can use for directing. You know, I learned it was just gave me a lot of set experience that now when I'm producing a music video or producing a project and directing a project, because I've been on set so much and know all the ins and outs, I'm very educated in that field. So it all ended up just creating exactly what it needed to create. And I guess that's why I ultimately just have no regrets because I feel like, again, it is cliche, but I feel, I think that this is the key to failure and anything that you've ever done. I think that if you allow a failure to define you and if you allow a failure to crush you, then it will do that. Uh And you can get stuck in a failure and a failure. I do, but I don't, I'm not some sort of beady weedy person who's like, Oh my God, like all failure is great. But I think that if you if you have a failure and you push through it and you get back up and you dust yourself off and you keep slugging and you keep fucking going, mm-hmm. then that failure will assist you. Yeah. But you must, you almost must have a determination. I remember I, I read it in some lecture. I was listening to some lecture one time. That I wish I always can't find this spot. but And it was one of the most profound things that I ever read is that it's like, it's your responsibility not to fail. And it's almost a survival mechanism. And I think that that's why you'll see that entrepreneurs are hugely successful people like the Elon Musks and the Steve Jobs of the world. They have a lot of massive failures, but they, mm-hmm. on the other side of that, have a massive drive 
to make it work and succeed. And so when you have that drive, you end up learning so much from your failure yeah. that then you can take it with you and turn it into a success. Yeah, that's true because I believe a lot of people learn from their failures because when they Completely. go to the next thing, they'll know what not to do or they'll just, you know, refresh on what they failed at just depending on, you know, exactly. depending on like on a test or like a, like a high school student on a test, you know, like he didn't put the extra effort into it. You got to put the extra, you know, extra effort into it for the next time, you know, so it's, Completely. It, you know, it, it's, it's its own teacher as well. Yeah, it's I, I would go so far as to say that I don't think that you can have success. I, I think that you must learn through failure. Yeah. You know, especially if you're playing a big game, because I don't when you're playing a game that's really big or you have an idea that's very large. It's a lot of times you're doing things that no one's ever done before. So you're not, I don't know, I, I feel like it's somewhat of an impossibility to to break ground or do things that are groundbreaking without falling on your ass. But mm-hmm. it's just you have to push through it, you know. And I think the people who fail and then make the decision of, well, I can't do that anymore. I'm scared to do that because I failed. That's when failure hurts you, you know, and that's why those people won't succeed, you know, mm-hmm. but if you're sort of like, all right, like this is a failure and failure is part of the game. Let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> have a good cry, you know, cry in your bed, have your boyfriend dump you. And <laughs> <laughs> you're so brutal. You're brutal. <laughs> have your boyfriend dump you and you know, you'll be all right. <laughs> it's good. I mean, sometimes yeah. getting dumped is like the best thing. It can break your heart. I mean, oh, I yeah. recently came to this like realization the other day. I, I like, was randomly i don't know if you have like car realizations i have all sorts of realizations when i'm driving maybe it's because you have a lot of space when you're driving you're not you can't do other things and so your mind can just sort of wander and yeah. um i i recently had this realization that that my heart was quite broken it was like i hadn't confronted it because i was so like i got dumped and then i was really busy and had to do a bunch of things and all of a sudden i was like oh my gosh my heart got broken, and that's why I've been afraid to date. <laughs> but I also, on the other side of that, I think sometimes someone who you thought that, you know, you were like, oh, I, I want to marry this person, or this is, you know, this particular guy. was I mean, a wonderful guy, good guy. But in my mind, I was like, I want to marry this guy, and, like, he's my idol, and he's perfect. And... When I got some space from it, although I was, like, super heartbroken, um, I'm very, very glad. You know, I think it's it's important to not be with who you're not supposed to be with. And I think, I think men do this a little bit, but I think especially women are prone to pour their entire creative legacy into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I weirdly think that if I would have ended up with him I would have been like a really great girlfriend but I would not have the career that I have today you know so Mm. and now I've sort of developed myself to the degree that I'm very rooted in who I am that I'm not afraid that a relationship would disturb that because it's I've had enough years to like create and cultivate my own projects so that when somebody else comes along, it's like either they're going to be able to swim in the fricking stream or they're it's the tide's going to be too crazy. So, yeah. but also too, like we were talking about before, like, um, 
right now you don't think you're ready to be in a relationship, right? Because you're pretty much goal-driven that work is, like, your main focus and your main priority over, right? I wouldn't say that. I I actually would say that I'm totally ready to be in a relationship. I just need to be with someone who can match it. You know, like, I I just don't want to be in a relationship with someone who wants to go to the pumpkin patch. I want to be in a relationship (laughs) with somebody who is also super goal oriented and also working a ton. And then we can carve out some time to do like quality things together. But I don't know. I would, I would say I actually really want a relationship currently, but I just don't, in my mind, I don't equate a relationship with slowing down. I equate a relationship. I feel like a relationship should be expanding. And that's always what I look for when I meet someone I mean, I think it's normal to be nervous and relationships are super scary. And if you've ever had your heart broken, which so many people have, mm-hmm. I think it's very normal to, you know, I told a friend, even a positive date with a great guy could make me feel anxious because it, um, because you're worried. You're like, what if this is like all these other assholes <laughs> that I met or, you know, what if this throws me off track? So it's, yeah. it's hard to sometimes stay in present time on it and see who you're seeing. You might be seeing that person through the filter of like a lot of different people who weren't good for you. But I also think that a positive relationship should cause you to work harder. You should feel more inspired. You should be, you know, having positive gains at work. You should be experiencing expansion. So whenever I meet someone, if I meet someone and I find that I'm making positive changes as a human, mm-hmm. then I, then I'll keep with it. But if I find that, being around that person causes me to engage in negative behaviors, then I have to question whether it's good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's I feel the, like yeah. You meet someone and suddenly you're like going to the gym more and like except yeah. writing a new script and like having cool ideas and like yeah. working harder and have this opportunity. That's a really good sign. Yeah. You want somebody who's going to be also like your motivational, you know, motivational cheerleader for you and someone that's going to, you know, be like your right hand to your left. You know, you want somebody yes. that's that's your equal. I, I, you know, I totally get that. Yeah. You know? And when you're a hustler too, I think it's important. And I try to like, you know, do this for others or do this for guys when I'm dating. You want someone who, if you have to work, you know, for me, I'm a freelancer and I do a lot and I'm attracted to men who are hustlers and like busy entrepreneur types. And so you want someone who, if you have to cancel the date, because you have an opportunity come up, they're not going to make you wrong for it. They're not going to be like, oh, but we were supposed to hang out. Like, you want someone who you're like, you know, I have this opportunity that came up, and I'm going to have to reschedule until next week. And they're like, that's awesome that you have that opportunity. Like, good for you. Mm-hmm. Or if you can't hang out because you're busy, you know. I, I think that, that too often, and I think, again, kind of like what I was saying before, I don't remember whether this was on, we recorded this or not, but there's so much information there about dating there's all this stuff that's like, if they want to see you, they're going to make you a priority, which, yeah, I do think that's true, but yeah. it, every, everyone is different and different mm-hmm. people are different. So it's sometimes someone is busy and you guys might both really be busy, but I think too often people throw what could be something good out the window because they read a blog that like, maybe the timing's off. And so if you guys are both just too busy to make it happen, then obviously he's not interested in you. So just move on. You don't need that shit in your life. But (laughs) if somebody's good, you know, maybe you guys just sort of stay in communication through the busy times. And then when like 
space allows, something really great happens. Yeah, that, so. that, yeah, that's really true because um, if somebody's worth the wait and depending on what situations you're involved in, they're definitely going to be there because they're attracted to that person. They're attracted to that, that goal-driven person that they met. Completely. So, you know. And also, life is a whole journey. Like, if you are going to... You know, I feel like when you're dating someone, you, you're getting to know whether or not they could be someone that you could be in a relationship with. And then when you're in a relationship with someone, you're getting to know whether or not they're someone who you could be a life partner with. And mm-hmm. when you're looking for someone who's like a life partner, I mean, life is simultaneously short and long, but life is going to throw a lot of things your way. Mm-hmm. You're going to have, if you guys have kids together, there's, it's not always you're not going to be able to like hang out with someone and have dinner every night for your whole freaking life. Like that's just like an unsustainable model. And I think we're so trained by romance movies and blogs and this and that to look for like a romantic spark and fall in love and, you know, be carried away. And granted you do want to really, you, you obviously want to be attracted to someone. You obviously want like a certain element of like inspiration and magic. I think that that's important, but I don't know, like, what uh, the thing that I always observe is, like, the best sign. I mean, not, I'm not some dating guru. I'm very single. But, like, <laughs> I feel like when you're around someone who just feels comfortable and clean and, like, safe can be a tricky word because safe could be a negative thing. But, like, when you just, when it just feels easy mm-hmm. when you're around them, you know, it just feels like, like, I could say nothing around this person and it'd be okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to be on. But if I am hyper around this person, that's also okay. When it just feels yeah. good, you know, I think that's a good sign. So I feel like when I find that, I try to I try to stick around for it. <laughs> or when I find, because I'm also crazy. Like when I find a guy who like thinks that I'm funny and tolerates the fact that I like wear strange outfits. And they're like, oh, this girl's weird, you know. <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, I think guys are pretty much attractive to a person that like like I like I was saying before that are goal driven but guys are also attracted to a person that has a future for themselves like uh, you know uh, there's a lot of men that want to be control they want control in a relationship that they want to you know be like so called the man in the relationship where you know it's all his way or the highway or some men want a housewife some men want someone who's their equal some men want someone who who like if if they depart, they can handle the finances, they can handle themselves. So it's a, it's a trickery slope though, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, you got to find someone and then just figure out what each of you needs and wants and then decide if that's, if you guys need and want the same things, you know, if it's complimentary, it's, I don't know. It's a weird thing for me as I've gotten older that like, but I think it's good. I used to believe in all like, you know, soulmates and this and that. And then I finally was like, you know, I just don't, I think that the concept that there's like one magic person who's like the magic person for you is it's such an idea of scarcity. You know, there's probably many, cause like also how do you explain people who met the love of their life and the love of their life died in a tragic car accident and then they met a new love of their life, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's many different factors. I mean, not that like you're certainly not compatible with everyone, but you get the point. Yeah, no, I know. I, I totally, I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, wow, we're almost running out of time, but I definitely want to do a part two with you. But, um, 
Yeah, um, I love that. I definitely want to talk about this also because you know, besides you know your YouTube show, acting auditions, and you know your you know there's so many layers that you have that I haven't really got to talk to, got to explore yet. Um, sure. You know, the, you're you're very creative mind, and there's a lot of goals that you have yet to obtain that you're trying to obtain. Um, yeah. What is like? I know, like you saying, you're you're okay if you're in a relationship, but um, is it um is it hard for you to um like separate work from pleasure? Like it's it, like, are you a person that's always work, work, work? I, I know you say you're play too, but are you a person that's just full of work and play when there's nothing else to do, or like do you have time for yourself where you can say, okay, this day I'm gonna make it a play day or whatever, or this day I'm just gonna lounge out, like, or that day just happens when you have like nothing to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I think I think I can definitely relax. Like I, my acting teacher, it was a great lesson that I learned. This is forever ago. One of my favorite acting teachers in life said that you just want to be. If you want to do nothing, make a decision to do nothing and then really do nothing. (laughs) And I always loved that analogy of like, I guess it's sort of, this is before the time where intentional living was a phrase, but it's intentional living. You know, you decide, okay, like, and I do that for myself, especially after times where I've worked really, 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 really hard. I think it's sort of vital to do that because I'll burn out or there's times where I am overloaded with too much work, you know, it's just, it can be intense. And although I love, it's different when you're an artist because it's just so like the work that I do is play for some people, you know, like I absolutely love what I do. I'm never happier than when I'm working. It is what makes me feel happy. So I don't feel the need to relax because it's like, my work is my hobby, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's all really fun for me. But if I, if I am going through like a really intense scheduling time, cause I have, especially in, when you work in film and television, you'll have 16 hour days. You'll have, like I said, weeks where you work over a hundred hours and you're sleeping very little and you can get very exhausted. So I do make it a point to take intentional days off when I am able to, where I just say, it's okay Like, I'm not going to make myself feel guilty for sleeping in this day because, like, it's okay. I worked my ass off. This is my rest time. It's okay if I binge a Netflix show. You know, I don't do that often, and I usually – I delete my Netflix a lot because I I don't want to be wasting time and being idle. But I do definitely intentionally choose, like, okay. Because if I don't do that, I'll have weird thoughts. Like, I might sort of unintentionally – wish that I would get sick, which sounds really weird, but I have done that. I've, I've had times where I was so busy that I wish that I was sick just so that I could have a break. <laughs> I never get sick. And the only times that I ever do get sick, I get sick like once every couple years. Yeah. Um, and the times literally that I get sick are usually when I'm overworked and I don't know how else to get a break from it. And so then I'll be like, oh, I just wish I could watch Netflix. And once I notice that pattern in myself, then I would just be like, okay, cool. I'm a little overworked and I'm wishing that I would get sick. So how about I change that decision? And just on Wednesday, when I have a day off, I'm just going to let myself like be a vegetable. Mm-hmm. So, but I love, I love work. So that's, it's very rare. I usually find myself wishing for more work more often than wishing for more leisure, but 
if I do notice that there's a lack of balance, I do try to put it in. I do think that, you know, getting enough sleep, I mean, even though I go through periods where I, where there's just such a heavy workload that I don't sleep enough, I do very much believe in sleeping and eating correctly and taking care of your body and every moment that I can create a routine for myself and every time that I am able to um, get control of my schedule and like, you know, create time for self-care and exercise. And I definitely think that's vital because you'll burn out if you don't, if you don't find that, I wouldn't even call it balance. I would just call it like ethical treatment of your own body, you know, Um, not eating, eating bad food or not sleeping enough or, you know, all those sorts of unhealthy habits that one can engage in are just simply like, they're not really good personal ethics. So I try to make sure to keep that stuff in check. Okay. Um, Elizabeth, I want you to plug your social media, plug your website, plug anything you have coming up. Yeah. So I am Elizabeth Donaldson and I'll spell that because sometimes it's spelled a little differently. It's E L I S a-B-E-T-H, and then Donaldson is D-O-N-A-L-D-S-O-N. If you pop that in Google, you'll find everything, but all the different places that I have, I have a podcast that you can find on anywhere. You can find podcasts. It's called The Elizabeth Experience. You can find me on Instagram, which is Elizabeth.Donaldson. You can find me on Twitter. My website is ElizabethDonaldsonCreative.com. And you can pretty much find me everywhere. If you go to my Instagram, there's the link tree that links to every different thing that I'm doing. And my YouTube channel is just Elizabeth Donaldson. So I am always doing also, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, pretty much everywhere that exists. (laughs) You can find me. (laughs) Even, even the dreaded Snapchat. (laughs) Even the, even the dreaded Snapchat. You can find me on Snapchat. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me, gosh, where else can you find me? You won't find me on SoundCloud, but I'll probably change that soon. (laughs) um, On YouTube, on WordPress, on, you can find me everywhere, all over the place on Facebook, on what else is there? You can um, find me on Venmo. You can find me on PayPal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Podbean. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a... <laughs> you can find me on Spotify. <laughs> um, I definitely want to have you back again for part two because we went a little bit over. I definitely want to have you back. Would you, would you mind coming back on? I would love to be back on. This is a lot of fun. Uh, thank you, everybody. And thank you, Elizabeth. We will have a part two. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.